What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. March 12th, 2020. Commissioner Rob Manfred today announced that MLB has decided to suspend spring training games. This is an unprecedented day. May not see baseball until May. Everybody's trying to get this game back. We're looking at the broader issue. Ready for whatever. I talked to a lot of guys across the league, and they're all thinking the same thing. Is this, is this going to work? There is no roadmap to navigate this. I love baseball, but I got to do what's right for my family sometimes. And baseball agreed to have a season. Safest and most cautious way to get through a season. There are enormous concerns that they're going to be able to pull off the health and safety protocol. There's a lot of questions. I just want to play baseball, so if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. It's going to be fun. You got 60 games. You got to try to win all. Welcome to the baseball show. I'm happy to be back. Presented by the Goose Island Beer Company. This is the baseball show with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. What's up and welcome into the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show against ESPN MLB Show. If you're a baseball fan, Cup fan, Sox fan, fan of Major League Baseball, this is the show for you. Weeknights at 6, right after Waddle and Sylvie right here on ESPN 1000. You know, I cannot wait to see what Major League Baseball looks like in this new norm that we have right now that we're watching. We are waiting for the season to start. Uh, a baseball season that starts uh, in July. So weird, right? Here we are waiting for baseball. It feels like we should be doing this in March and having the season start in April, but this is where we are right now. This is the new norm in 2020. 60 games is all we get. We get 60 games as baseball fans. A lot less than we deserve, quite frankly, as fans. I mean, 60 games. I can't fuss too much about it, I guess. I mean, uh, 60 games is better than none. But we are lucky that the owners and the players came up with 60 they can't even agree on what to have for lunch during their meetings, but they came up with these games that we're going to see coming up very soon. But I sense a feeling of being unsure if we have a baseball season this month from some players. We're just a few days away now. The 24th, the 25th, and 26th of this month will be the start of it. COVID-19 has put a damper on knowing what the future brings in everything, not just sports, but just in everything. We don't know what the future brings. Can you go out traveling or not traveling and how often mask versus no mask eating at a restaurant or takeout? It's all part of our everyday lives for the majority of us that live in the real world of infectious diseases, the possibility of death and sickness. We know how real this is. I've seen the totals over 3 million cases in the United States spikes in Florida and Texas and Arizona and other places around the country. Some people believe that life as we know it in 2019 is the same as 2020, and it's just not. COVID won't define me as a person, but it sure keeps me aware of making sure that I don't get anyone sick or someone gets me sick. So when I go out, the mask is on. Safety first is very simple for me. But I want you to think about the one percenters. It's different for you and I to go back and forth on coronavirus, whether or not you believe it's theoretical or not, or if it's serious or not. I mean, it's that's one discussion. But what about the entertainment side of this? What about the one percenters? 
those that can play at a much higher level than we can. We see now in combat sports with the UFC and boxing and pro wrestling that those are among the sports that are back and they're running full time. But baseball is getting ready to start despite a lot of positive tests for COVID-19. The story came across today from Marley Revere from ESPN.com. The piece entitled Major League Baseball Intake Coronavirus Testing Yielding 66% Results from 3,700 Tests. Think about that. An eight-day process that yielded 66 positive tests. And the union informed players Tuesday night that the intake process has ended with the completion of 3,740 tests and, again, 3,674 negative results. The second phase after the intake process, knowing the monitoring phase, has already begun. So their saliva test, and they were able to take a look at exactly how things would work out. There's been some tests that have been late, uh, where players and teams have been waiting for those tests to, to take place and find out the results of them. But that's the end result that we've got so far. But here's the thing. Many of us in the sports realm are very selfish. You and I are baseball fans. We want to see the Cubs and Sox. We want to see the Brewers. We want to see baseball uh, because this is something we're used to in the summer. It is our uh, conduit to get to football season. But as for baseball fans, diehard baseball fans, you're used to seeing this, and we're not getting it. And we've got to wait a few more weeks before opening day. As we talk about this on the baseball show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Let's hear from some of those players and some of those people that are the one percenters that play this game and love this game, like the Cubs' Chris Bryant, for instance. Chris Bryant, who has been more outspoken the last couple of seasons than any time in his career. Remember the first time he said something that was a little bit off of kilter, a little bit different than the usual baseball speak you get from Chris Bryant? Chris was just like, yeah, I don't like the Cardinals. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of St. Louis. And Cub fans were just like, yeah. He feels like we do, finally. Like someone says it, like this is a real rivalry now with a player than like the Cardinals. Well, Chris has talked about his contract situation, whether or not he's going to be with the Cubs for the long haul. So I like that a player of his caliber is able to speak out and say what's on his mind. He spoke about COVID-19 as well. He talked about this. He says that he's been very critical of the testing process. I guess first I just want to come across as saying I don't want to be insensitive to the people who haven't been able to get tests or or have been in situations like that but as the country kind of gets access to more of those I think you know it's appropriate to talk about our situation here and you know what we were what we agreed to was testing you know every other day and we have had guys here that showed up on Sunday and hadn't gotten tested again you know eight, seven days later, you know, um, and then you don't get the results for two days either. So that's, you know, nine days without knowing. And I think if we really want this to, to succeed, you know, we're going to have to figure that out, you know, and I, I've, I wanted to play this year cause I felt that it would be safe and I would feel comfortable, but honestly, I, I don't really feel that that way. Um, which is why I'm trying to keep my distance from everybody and wear my mask and, and uh, just so that we can get this thing going. And um, I think if, if we want it to happen, if we want it to go smoothly, because this is the easy part, really. I mean, when you, when you get into the season and you're traveling and you're in an airplane, your hotel, you're getting room service, you know, guys are, you know, who knows what people are doing, especially on the other teams too. You know, you got to rely on everybody in this whole thing. And I think if we can't really nail the easy part, which is right now, and, you know, just our players, you know, we got to 
big hill to climb. Thoughts there from uh, Chris Bryant. Also with someone like Sean Doolittle. Sean Doolittle is a pitcher with the Washington Nationals. And so Sean was talking about how we should not rush sports back because of COVID-19. We're trying to bring baseball back during a pandemic that's killed 130,000 people. We're way worse off in a, as a country than where we were in March when we shut this thing down. And like, look at where other developed countries are in their response to this. We haven't done any of the things that other countries have done to bring sports back. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. And we're just trying to just bring it back, even though we've taken none of the steps to flatten the curve, whatever you want to say. We did flatten the curve for a little bit, but we didn't use that time to do anything productive. We just opened back up for Memorial Day. We decided we're done with it. If there aren't sports, it's going to be because people are not wearing masks because the response to this has been so politicized. Like we need help from the general public. If they want to watch baseball, like please wear a mask, social distance, keep washing your hands. We can't just have virus fatigue and think, well, it's been four months. Like we're over it. This has been enough time, right? We've waited long enough. Like shouldn't sports come back now? No, there's things we have to do in order to bring the stuff back. And now you want to bring fans back. Is that safe? I'm not a public health expert, but like, we should probably re- defer to them on some of these issues. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's safe or not. I really don't know. Sean Doolittle of the Washington Nationals talking about whether or not he feels it's safe or not. You hear the trepidation in the voice of Chris Bryant of the Cubs. You hear this from Moral, so uh, from Doolittle. But what about hearing it from one of the faces of the game? Mike Trout is one of the best players in Major League Baseball, and he says he doesn't feel comfortable with the protocols. Honestly, still don't feel comfortable. You know, obviously with the with the baby coming, there's a lot of stuff going through my mind right now, my wife's mind, my family, just trying to be the safest and most cautious way to get uh, through a season. You know, I'm just, I, I've told Billy, I told a bunch of the guys, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I gotta be really cautious these next few weeks. I talked to a lot of guys across the league, and they're they're texting me a lot. Um, I'm not gonna name any names, but just you know, it's just a crazy. They're all thinking the same thing. Is this is this going to work? So you hear there from one of the faces of baseball. It is the equivalent of LeBron James in some ways. LeBron is one of the faces, if not the face, of the NBA. And he spoke out about COVID-19. And here is Mike Trout saying he's not comfortable with the protocols. That carries weight when you have one of the faces of the game saying how he feels about COVID-19. So let's ask this question. The question's already up on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. Phone lines open for you. Sean, let's open up phone lines. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. I will tell you right now that if I'm asked to play in 2020 baseball, I'm not playing. And the reason why I'm not playing is because all these stories are out there and seeing players go down because of COVID-19, the positive test, and people dying from it. I'm not trying to get sick, and I don't want to get any well sick. If I have generational wealth and I'm a big league ball player, I'm not playing this year. I'm going to maybe shoot for 2021. Hopefully that'll be the case. Maybe you'll get a chance to play then, maybe not. But I'll ask you the question, and this, it's not me judging you. I'm just asking you how you feel about this. If you have generational wealth and you're a big league ball player playing baseball, 60 games is a crapshoot. Maybe your team can sprint to the playoffs and win 30 to 35 games and maybe get to the playoffs. We'll see. But with COVID-19, the question I would have for you is, with COVID-19 and testing, simply would you play? Would you play baseball 
knowing what's going on with COVID-19 right now and the testing and the question marks about the testing, where if you are tested, you want to make sure that it's negative. And if it is positive, like what do you do then? How would you handle it if you're a baseball player? Some have opted out, as we well know. Some feel like Zimmerman of the Nationals, some others have decided not to play. Would you play if you had your druthers? 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you were a baseball player, would you play knowing that COVID-19 is out there? The story comes from Jesse Rogers, by the way, about Brandon Morrow, that he is no longer with the Cubs. He was released. As Phil Rogers says, by the way, on Twitter, Brandon Morrow came out of the shoot pitching great in 2018. Theo Epstein was unhappy when Joe Madden ignored the no-fly orders to use him a third day in a row in a 14-game game in uh, early June of that year, 2018, 14-inning game, early June. Morrow then went on the DL in July and really hasn't recovered since. That's a really good marking point to think about where Morrow was. 2018, flying high, Theo not happy with Joe Madden, and I can understand why. I mean, you're using this guy three games in a row in which he's not used to that, 14-inning game, and he goes in the DL. He really has not been the same when you look at the numbers. So an interesting take there by Phil Rogers about Brandon Morrow, who's no longer with the Cubs as he was released today. I'll get your phone calls in here next, 312-332-ESPN. Would you play baseball if you had your druthers with COVID-19 out there? We'll talk about it right here on The Baseball Show. From Wrigley on the North to Guaranteed Rate on the South. This is The Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. This is the show about the show. You've been in the show, man? The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Yeah, I was in the show. On Chicago's home for sports. Greatest days of my life. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood presented by Delicious Goose Island Beer Company right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Baseball is right around the corner, but, you know, there's what we have to be able to look at is the reality of the situation, right? When you hear players that are not sure if they should be back, some have opted out that we've documented on the show thing is, is that that's just real life. I understand that sports is the, and baseball in particular, it's the, it is the toy department, right? We're supposed to get away from our troubles. But when our troubles start to uh, intermingle with our sports, it's just life. And so some players are not going to play and some will. Uh, the testing in the COVID-19 is, is a real story. It is It continues to be a real story. So I'm asking you, what will you do? Because for me, because of everything that's been going on, I probably more than likely would not play uh, and would wait until next year. I know that I would still get paid. I'd still be able to have generational wealth if I'm a ball player. Yes, the other side of it is if my team gets hot, we could be able to get to the playoffs. It's just 60 games. So there's a push and pull there with that particular thing. But I think health is the most important thing. We'll have our notebook coming up uh, at 635, some news and notes, including will Chris Bryant be traded this year? We'll get into that as well in our notebook section of our show. But our opening pitch was talking about what's going on with COVID-19. Play so three, ball. 
312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, Zia is in Ravenswood. Zia is in Ravenswood on ESPN 1000, the baseball show. Hey, Z. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing? Good. So Thanks for I checking in. I think I have of a solution to this thing. So what they have to do is isolate the ball players, test them, keep them in one facility. You can't let them go back and forth to their homes and stuff like that. If they rented out a hotel for these sites that they're going to play, rent out the entire hotel, keep the baseball players and their families there. And when you hire the help, that's going to work, like the chefs, the whoever's going to serve you food or the maids, everything, kind of isolate all of them in that one hotel for a period of time and, you know, work out a contract with them. So this way there's no exposure from the outside coming into the so-called bubble or so-called whatever scenario you have so your athletes stay nice and healthy. Keep testing as you go out, as you go day to day or, or week once a week. Um, have enough players that, in case one does test positive, that they will replace them. But we're also taking into consideration if one is testing positive and they are asymptomatic, they're not giving out any of these um, germs to other people because they're asymptomatic. Then we have to kind of look at that too. Our numbers have gone up drastically because there's more testing and there's more people getting to these tests. So major league teams should be more easily accessible to these sites or these places that can give you the the, the results within two to three days. So you're so saying that baseball that. you're saying baseball should have the same uh, protocol as basketball being in a bubble. That's what you're saying, right? Baseball should have that. Yes, I think. And if you isolate everybody that's going to work for that team from the time they get off the plane to the to the bus ride to the hotel, keep them there. Don't let them go nowhere. They order food from the hotel. They have their special chefs, that you know, one consistent group of um, uh, housekeepers, maids, bellboys, whatever, pay them an additional, you know, extra fee. Say, hey, you know what, for the next six weeks you're going to be here. You know, we're going to pay you this amount of money, but you can't leave. It's almost the same thing as an athlete. You're there for six weeks. And if you so want to bring you, your family, you can put them in this hotel. So would you play Zia? Uh, honestly, yes. I'm going to tell you why. Because... I'm in law enforcement, so I would say I have no choice. I have to go to work. Mm -hmm. And for these guys, these are athletes that do make good money, and they have a job. This is a job, but also take precautions at your job and then do the best of your ability to work. I don't think it's that fair to say, okay, I'm going to opt out just because. So what about the, the average guy or woman that's going to work? They don't have that option. Well, Zia, let me let me address that. Let me address that. I appreciate your telephone yeah. call. See, here, here's what we have to look at. When we're talking about sports, we are not talking about the average person. We we cannot compare what you do for a living in law enforcement, what I do as far as a broadcaster, to the one percenters that make millions and millions of dollars. It's not the same. It's not the same because we're doing a talk show about entertain entertainers. We're talking about entertainment. This is why we're on ESPN. We're talking about baseball players, so it's not the same. Uh, ball players themselves are walking, breathing brands. Every single one of them, from the top players that you know to the ones in the middle, all the way to the bottom, they're their own brand. They play for a team, they play for an organization, but they're their own brand, and they got to look out for their own brand. And in this case, looking out for your own team and your family because of COVID nineteen. So we, what we cannot compare, as you mentioned, like, well, what about the average person? Well, yeah, those people are not the average person. That's why they're the one percenters. So you said that you'd play, okay, in your vocation, of course. But ba baseball players, basketball players, football players, teams have a chance to opt out. They, they probably will. 
because of COVID-19. Glad you checked in. Appreciate your phone call from Ravenswood. Leaves line open. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. In Portage Park, here's Donald on the baseball show on ESPN 1000. Hey, Don. Hey, what's up, man? What's cracking? Okay, to compare what they do, to call that a job, to call sports a job is, is ludicrous. That is not a job. There is, and furthermore, there is no way that I would play. And with how the country overall has has hand, has has dealt with this COVID nineteen, I think it just it's the ripple effect should should include shutting. For one, sports should just be shut down for the rest of the year. Because I heard an analogy earlier about how the football players in the winter time when they're both the defense and the offense are at the, um, the scrimmage line, and you see the smoke coming up in the wintertime, that's how they're going to be breathing on one another du- during games in, in e- every sport aside from baseball, which has just jacked up the whole situation with the COVID-19 thing it's seen so far. But there is no way to you can compare this to, you know, what athletes do to what regular people do. I, I just quit my job as a, a counselor. Because I didn't feel comfortable with having people come in and possibly infecting me. And then me not knowing initially that I'm infected, taking it off to others. And to, to come up with all these these plans of, oh, let's isolate them and, and, you know, let's put these people in here to do the cooking and the cleaning. You don't know where those people have been, you know, and how long it's been doormat in them. We don't even have the facts 100% of how long the disease stays dormant in an individual, not a hundred percent proof of that. Right. So it, it's too, I, it just seems to be too risky. Sports is not a necessity. It's not essential except for you all in the sports business. I get that, but it's not essential to, to have sports. For let, me, the regular let me address man. that. Let me address that, Don. I appreciate your phone call. Um, uh, I would say that I would not agree with your opinion that, that sports is not a job. So after a ball player is done playing uh, and they have a resume, are they supposed to leave that part of it blank when they go to their LinkedIn and put in, okay, so what, what did you do for five or six years? I was a ball player, but that's not really a job. So I didn't do anything. So I guess I had to leave that blank. No sports. Well, if you become a ball player, that is a job and because this is what they chose. This is the profession they chose to be in. So to suggest that sports is not a job, I don't, I don't agree with, of course it is. Um, it, it, it is part of entertainment. What would you say actors when they are acting? Is that not a job? Of course it's a job. It's just what they chose. So no, it's, uh, for, for some sports fans, sports is essential. It is, it is a peace of mind and I can understand why they feel that way. But at the, at the same time, uh, these athletes have to be able to make the same choices that you and I have to make regarding whether or not they need to be on the job, be around their coworkers, their teammates or not. And so, so in that way, it definitely is like real life, right? When you see these ball players and would they, and they do things that you and I can't do, it doesn't seem like real life. It looks like we're seeing something uh, totally, uh, totally unbelievable. Um, the home runs that we see, the the grace that players play with when they go back to the wall and they're making big catches, um, the things that they can do that you and I can't do, um, but. They have real life issues just like you and I. The, the money's different. The lifestyle is different. But when it comes to COVID-19, we're all the same. There's no doubt about that. Uh, as we go to break, let's hear from Jim Margulis from Sox Machine. 
Jim Margulis uh, does a great job covering the White Sox. I asked him about Rick Renneria, the manager for the White Sox, because a big question, big ticket question is, because it's just 60 games this year for the White Sox, is the pressure on or off Rick Renneria? I think it's kind of both. I think a manager's job is going to be way different than it ever will be, has been before and will be going forward just because they're kind of in charge of so many more things that have nothing to do with baseball. Just, you know, they're ultimately in charge of whether guys are social distancing or, or, you know, keeping their spots on the field or in the cages or, you know, all the improvised practice and preparation areas they have, you know, he's kind of the guy uh, who's overseeing it on the ground. So I think you're going to see a lot of managers, you know, not just him, but you know, managers across the league who are just, I, I guess, general managers, not like Rick Hahn general managers, just, but just a manager in charge of so many different things, and a lot of which don't have to do with the actual on-field product. So in that case, I wouldn't blame any manager for being distracted or having to adhere to different priorities that don't necessarily have to do anything with you know, the best on-field product that night, but just, just might be the best way to they think that can keep guys healthy and, and, and out of danger. So there's that. On the other hand, you know, if they can actually get into a, a rhythm where the safety things are more or less taken care of and they have, um, you know, you're just concentrating on the schedule, you know, if by miracle that happens, then I think uh, the pressure is going to be on, you know, you're not just Renteria, but a lot of managers because there are so many different ways to manage this, uh, you know, between pitchers going three to four innings versus five or six and being able to, you know, piggyback starters or have different uh, matchups uh, the way they couldn't over a 162-game season. You know, there, there are a lot of uh, different ways to throw starters at a team. There's a lot of ways to, um, you know, I think when it comes to trying to get guys across the finish line, you know, you don't have to worry about the long haul. So, you know, you could see a lot of guys playing 60 games because that's the best lineup you can put every day. Um, you know, there are a lot of, uh, it's basically like, you know, managing September, but for the course of a whole season. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Cubs, Sox, Major League Baseball. Baseball's coming back. This is The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the baseball show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. As we can find our poll question, if you're a professional athlete, if you're a baseball player right now, would you play? 67% of you say yes, you would play. 33% say no, that you would not play. So you can vote on our poll question at ESPN MLB Show for that. Uh, some some funny replies as well uh, to our question regarding this as well. Um, one person said, well, I I definitely would if my wife allows me to play, that I, I definitely would go out and play. Um, you know, someone says, Raphael says, if I was single with no kids, then, yeah, let's go out to play ball. But if I have a family, it's a very tough decision. Uh, I'd be learning, probably leaning towards no. Extra precautions mean uh, a lot more time away from the family. Um, uh, Marie, uh, Maranara Monster says the same thing. He says, depends if I have a family or if I have family members um, that – 
I would compromise as far as immune systems are concerned. I, if I'm young, healthy, and single, I'm 100% playing. Andrew says I'm not going to play, especially not in front of fans. So uh, keep your voice heard on the phone lines, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Um, everything else with COVID-19, everything that you know about COVID-19, would you play baseball if you had your druthers? That's pretty much what we're asking here on the show here tonight because uh, it's a real story. When you have ball players that are unhappy with the testing, as, as on top of that, they know that they inherit all the risk when it comes to going out there and playing with teammates, knowing that COVID-19 in some areas really getting high. We mentioned Florida, Arizona, Texas, among other hot spots now with COVID-19. It's a real story. And baseball players, among other athletes, have to decide whether or not they want to get on the playing surface if they want to play. Uh, some have opted out. Some have said, okay, well, you know, let's see what happens. But when you hear titans in the sport like uh, Mike Trout, when you hear from Chris Bryant, Doolittle is just a pitcher from the uh, Washington Nationals, but he has, I think he makes some salient points about everything that players have to go through on whether or not they want to play or not. These are big, I think, big uh, topics to think about when it comes to baseball and COVID-19. Time to open up the MLB Notebook. Jay Hood's MLB Notebook. All right, let's take a look at some of the stories around Major League Baseball. Uh, let us start first with uh, what is going on with Chris Bryant and his contract, right? So with Chris Bryant and his contract, there's, this has been a big topic for the last, I think, year plus, uh, whether or not he's going to be returning um, to the Cubs for the long haul. So, Jed Hoyer, the general manager for the Cubs, was talking about Chris Bryant and the trade comments. You know, obviously, you know, he's speaking from from his perspective on on getting traded. But there's also a, a lot of, um, you know, smaller transactions that are going to that are going to occur as well. You know, whether it's a an outright of a player or um, the release of a player. And, um, you know, those are normally uh, transactions that you you know, you make all the time and, and, and now, you know, we're going to, you're going to give those things um, different. You're going to look at them differently, but at the same time, you know, we're still charged with, um, you know, putting the best team on the field. And, and I do feel like, like we're going to have to make some player transactions, right? So um, that is going to be something that's going to be challenging and, and difficult for us, but we also, you know, the, even just the way the rosters are set up, you go from 30 to, to 28 to 26. And, you know, during that process, you're going to have to option players out or, or, or send, you know, send players to different places. So um, there's no question that that's un, an uncomfortable thing to, to think about, you know, from our perspective. And obviously it's, you know, Chris is voicing that, that it's, it's uncomfortable from a, a player perspective. And, you know, that's something that we have to talk through, but, you know, there's going to be transactions this year, um, there's sort of no way to avoid that, you know, whether they be big or small. Also, Hoyer talks about how he just won't talk about contracts right now. You know, honestly, I, I was asked earlier today about the trade deadline and, you know, now I'm being asked about contracts and, and, you know, the God's honest truth is that at this point, our focus is on making sure that this thing gets, gets up and running effectively. Um, you know, not to, you know, I think it's always cliche talking about going day to day, but I think that really is our mindset right now is we want this 2020 Cubs season to get up and running and, and be effective. And our focus is on making sure, you know, players are doing the right thing from a, 
you know, uh, you know, social distancing, mask wearing, hand washing, behavioral standpoint, making sure that the vibe in our camp is, is good. And, you know, thinking about contract extensions right now or thinking about, the, you know, trades. I mean, that that's really not where our, our mind is. We want this to be effective, this, this club to be, um, you know, to get off on the right foot. And that's really where our mindset is. And, you know, I, I think, you know, given given the, the things we're dealing with on a day to day basis, you know that's not um, that's not something we're discussing. Going through our notebook here on the baseball show with John the Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN One Thousand, the ESPN Chicago app. Did you hear, see Jesse Rogers uh, not only on Twitter but also from ESPN.com? Seats for Wrigley Field rooftops approved for twenty five percent capacity, going for three hundred fifty bucks. So it's going to cost you up to three hundred fifty dollars per ticket. But Cub fans will have a chance to watch their favorite team in person, but it'll be from across the street. The city of Chicago's approved rooftops are 25% capacity. So you remember the rooftop shot from Glen Allen Hill in 2000, um, just beyond the left and right field um, rooftops. Uh, I do recall that as well. The, those big uh, shots that Glen Allen Hill, that's some of the greatest home runs I've ever seen at Wrigley Field, going to left field or going to right field. Huge. Imagine if you get a baseball up there now, right? Especially with nobody in the ballpark, but plenty of people um, on the rooftops. Several privately owned rooftops have already had ticket sales, including one in left field. Wrigley View rooftops that is advertising tickets at 350 bucks or 250 on Sundays. That includes food, beer, and wine. Now, rooftop tickets generally go for between 150 and 300 with a boost for a playoff game. So interesting story from Jesse Rogers. If you want to see the Cubs, 25% capacity because of social distancing, but you can see it at, on the rooftop uh, at Wrigley Field. That should be a fun time for Cub fans to check out the Cubs, not in Wrigley, but across the street. Um, some thoughts about finances. Let's talk about finances because going back to what uh, Jed Hoyer was talking about, there's a big question mark about Tom Ricketts, you do recall Tom Ricketts saying that, you know, we don't have any more money. That pretty much was uh, his thought here about how the Cubs don't have any more money to spend because ultimately Theo Epstein needs the Cubs to spend more money in order for the Cubs to seriously contend. Um, You could just tell that after the Chatwood deal, the Darvish deal, and how the Cubs were not able to get over the hump, that it seems like the water was shut off at Clark and Addison financially for Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. So uh, Hoyer talking about uh, the finances for next season. Yeah, this is without question the most difficult uh, time we've ever had as far as projecting those things. You know that, um, you know, pro- you know all all season projecting this year, you weren't sure how many games we're going to get in. Um, you know, projecting next season obviously has challenges, and you know, you, you know who knows where the country's going to be, where the economy's going to be. So there's no doubt that, you know, forecasting going forward is now uh, much more challenging from a financial standpoint. Um, but I think that's, that's league wide. You know, I, I don't think um, anyone that says they, they have a feel for where the nation's economy and where the, you know, the, the pandemic is, you know, come next April, uh, you know, is lying. And so I, I think that as a result, I think all teams are in that same buck in that same boat where it's just, how do you, how do you forecast accurately? And we have a lot of conversations about it internally, uh, both within the baseball side and then with the business side as well. But, um, 
it's going to take a long time and probably some, you know, sort of macro things happening for us to really have a good feel for, for where we're going to be in, in, in 21 and beyond. So some thoughts there from the general manager for the Cubs, Jed Hoyer. Uh, what about your money? You talk, you know, I'm talking about the Cubs and their revenue. What about your money and the value that you could spend on betting baseball? We talked to Gilles Gallant. Uh, he is from OddShark.com. I asked him uh, about uh, some of the best value that he could bet on with baseball based on what the Sharks are saying. Well, the one team that I'm actually really high on this year, I actually think that uh, I'm a little more enthused, I guess, maybe than some others, is um, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I think that they started off fairly well last year. I think they got uh, a lot of injuries early, which really derailed them. I think that another year um, together, adding Zach Wheeler, I think that they're the type of team that could really swoop in and really take uh, the NL East here, especially because I think that there's going to be a little bit of a, a regression when it comes to the Washington Nationals. Just I think Rendon's uh, leaving to go to Anaheim. I think that's a little bit more of a loss than they're willing to, to let on to. And also, I just think that the Braves, I think that while they're good, I still think that uh, you know they're, they're probably a team that I think could still be taken. I still think that they'll probably make the playoffs. But the Phillies are a team that I'm looking at uh, at a lot of different props, taking the over 31.5 for their win totals. They're plus 200 just to make the playoffs. And uh, if you really wanted to uh, be a little wildish, uh, I guess you could take them to win the World Series. I'm probably not going to make that kind of bargain. Uh, but uh, they are plus 2,800 uh, to, uh, to win the World Series this year. So uh, there you go, Jill Gallant uh, from the oddshark.com talking about uh, where the, your best value is you're betting baseball here for the 2020 season. Uh, so I still believe that fans should be be allowed to be in Miller Park. I think that fans should be right where the mascot is, where Bernie is right there. When he comes down the slide every time the Brewers hit a home run, fans should be at least there. I know you can't be inside the ballpark, but, man, if you if the fans could at least chill on the slide in the little house where Bernie is, I think that would be kind of cool. And I like Gian Greco's idea, too, just continue to just have Miller beer or, or have Goose Island beer or whatever beer of your choice just coming right down the slide. That would just be kind of cool if you could be able to do that. That would just be great. The Baseball Show is brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. Glad that you're with us. Coming up next, we will give you five topics in five minutes with 545. Coming up next right here on The Baseball Show. The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. Week 9-6 on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Cubs, socks, so, so more. much more. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Indeed it is. The Baseball Show right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow along on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. And don't forget, you can listen to the podcast as well. Go to the ESPN Chicago app, click the baseball show, and check out our episodes of the past few days. We've had a ball talking baseball with you every night at 6 o'clock live and on the podcast, ESPN Chicago app. Look for the baseball show. Every night we give you five topics in five minutes. we got to go because we're at the last five minutes of the show. So it is time for 545. Sean Davis has five questions. i got to answer them in five minutes. Let's take a look at our five for five for this edition of five for five. All right. The theme for tonight is pizzazz. Pizzazz. Number one, who are the best personalities for the Cubs and or the White Sox? 
I believe the best personalities, uh, it starts with Tim Anderson for the White Sox. The bat flip did so much for him and for the White Sox. Again, a Sox team that wasn't very good last year, but it had some sparkle, had some sizzle to it. Tim Anderson definitely is that guy, uh, I believe. And for the Cubs, you start with Javi Baez, the way he just slides in the bases. And then, of course, that quick tag when someone's trying to steal bases. He just has a flourish about him. So I just think that those two off the top of my head are really good for Chicago baseball. And the big bear on the south side, Eloy Jimenez. He's just the big, lovable bear and the baby of that team. I can't wait for him to start speaking English a little bit better because I think he's going to become even bigger as a personality. And then the counter to Javi Baez. Louis, Louis Robert is going to be the swag for the Chicago White Sox, in my opinion. Louis got that Sosa swag to him, too. Oh, he knows absolutely. where the camera is. Always knows the where time. the camera. And so I, I do like that about Aloy for, for the White Sox, for sure. One of the most underrated teams in MLB in 2020 will be? I will say I will say the, the Diamondbacks are one team. They had a really good offseason. Uh, you add Madison Bumgarner. You look at uh, Marte on that team. Uh, looking at uh, uh, Hector Rondon on that team. Pakota had a projection of 79 wins for them. I think that might be a little bit low, but but here we are with 60 games, right? I think they're going to have a really good year. I'll throw the Phillies in there as well, uh, Sean, because so now you have Joe Girardi in place as the manager. This is the Bryce Harper era for uh, the Phillies. And so when I look at Girardi, you're talking about D.B. Gregorius is on this team, Zach Wheeler as well. So I, I just think that those two teams should have really good years. With all the talent they have, is it safe to call Joe Madden's Angels underrated? Well, they, they have a lot of talent too now. No, no I, I, would, I would say people want to see whether or not they can be able to come together and then to find out who's going to be in camp. Um, so you look at that pitching staff. Favorite player to watch in the NL and AL Central? Favorite player to watch? Uh, I, well, there's a number of them. In the in the American League, and first of all, in the National League, it starts with Yelich, right? If we're going to go through the list, Yelich will be at the top of the list for Milwaukee. Um, uh, Ryan Braun, because it's good to boo him. That's a, that's a play, always a player to watch. You boo him just because. Yeah. Um, Goldschmidt from the Cardinals at the first base is someone you look at. Um, who I'm missing in the National League? Those two, those come to mind for well, me. Castillo, the young fireballer for me, for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. A guy like Suarez. Josh Hill for the Pirates, the big first baseman. Suarez over at third base for the Reds. Absolutely. Yep. Votto for the, for the Reds. And for the American League, but I mean, you there, have to there's start a. With Lindor, right? Well, yeah. So Lindor or Tim Anderson. We got to put that on the poll. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like Lindor is so great. Would you give up Tim Anderson for Lindor? Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Don't forget Nico Goodrum also, the shortstop for the Tigers, will be a guy on the come. Who are the players to watch in 2020 for the Cubs and the Chicago White Sox? So, players to watch. I'm wondering about Ian Happ, Sean. I'm wondering about him and his, him and, and Al Mora Jr. and exactly what that's going to be. I'm going to put a spotlight on them. I could go with the obvious of players that we watch with Bryant and Baez and Rizzo, but I'm interested in finding out what Ian Happ and Al Mora will bring. Also, Schwarber. Schwarber will play a lot of DH in some left field, so I'm looking at that. Also, I'm I'm wondering about Grandal at, at catcher, not in a negative way. McCann was solid as a catcher, but Grandal brings so much more to the table. I want to see how he he's able to mix with this White Sox roster. Yeah, Nico Horner for me on the north side, and then Tim Anderson definitely. I want to see how he improves upon his game. 
He improved upon his game last offseason coming into the 2019 season. I want to see what he does for 2020. I'll add add Encarnacion to that list, too. Yeah. What do you think? What did did you think of Mike Trout's comments about baseball and COVID-19? So when we look at uh, Mike Trout, he is one of the faces of baseball. You know, I've made the parallel to him and LeBron James, and I know that's totally different because you know LeBron James casts such a wide shadow in all of sports, including the NBA. But Mike Trout is one of the faces of the sport, and when Mike Trout is a little bit afraid of whether or not he should come back to the game or not, he's got a baby on the way. There's a number of players that speak for Mike Trout in that regard, and when they're not sure whether or not. They should come back to the games. And I think that says a lot for Trout and baseball, that they're not really sure with this COVID-19. I think Sean Doolittle and Mike Trout are the poster, poster childs for this whole movement of we don't like what's going on. And then when you hear Chris Bryant talk about the testing and not being mm-hmm. happy with the testing and the delay of getting the results back, everything just seems like it's disoriented. We know they're coming into a situation where they're trying to do the best they can, speaking of Major League Baseball, but, man, I just don't know if this is going to end up working out in the end. And, and that is 545 right yep. here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, don't forget, we have the baseball show for you every day at 6 o'clock, Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, Under the Hood comes your way in two minutes right here on ESPN 1000. You've been listening to the baseball show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for the Baseball Show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.